Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season seven, episode seven of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Mommy Dearest. Not to me. (laughs) Well, a couple different mommy dearests. One to Stan and one to laugh at. I was like, who are we standing? (laughs) This episode, one of my favorite uses of Invisiqua we've ever seen, if not the best. Probably the best. You know what? When Invisiqua was introduced, it was like, that's not going to pay off immediately, but someday (laughs) you'll get a giggle. And domestic violence is no joke. It is very hard to know you're in the situation and also get out of it. But I'm going to be making fun of Lily in this episode. Yeah, we're going to be making fun of Lily quite a bit. And there's a number of reasons. But yeah, it's not we're not making fun of her for being in two domestic abuse situations. That's obviously bad. That happens. It's hard to get out. But Lily is obnoxious. So we are going to make fun of her for it. But I feel like I have to say that on the front. Like we are not making fun of people who are in those situations. Wish you all the love in getting safety for yourself. We're making fun of Lily Salvatore. Yeah. (laughs) Before we get into everything. Here is a quick ad. I will start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. In order to get through to Lily about Julian's manipulating ways, Stefan and Damon confront their mother with painful memories from their childhood. However, when Lily reveals a dark secret she's been harboring for 160 years, Stefan and Damon are left questioning everything they've ever known about their family. Damon's certainly not. He's not questioning shit. (laughs) Determined to prove himself to Lily, I don't think that's what Enzo's doing, Um, Enzo comes face-to-face with Julian and challenges him to a duel. But an unexpected twist threatens to complicate things. Elsewhere, Matt finds himself in the middle of a deepening mystery involving the residents of Mystic Falls, and Caroline's world is turned upside down when Valerie reveals some life-changing news to her. All sorts of life-changing news for Valerie, it appears. Yeah, Valerie's all over the place this week. They're really trying to make Valerie happen. Yeah. I'm still not standing. I want to make that clear. They saw we weren't really reacting to the Stefan stuff. So like, let's make her besties with Caroline. It's like, well, I'm not going to be standing that. The only Valerie I stand is a dead Valerie. And let's just keep that on mic. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Let's be serious. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be hopeful. Let's dream big. Yeah. We open the episode... Three years from now. It's our flash forward of the week. Damon is speeding in a car and Rick is riding shotgun. Rick says 23 minutes and Damon says just enough time for me to get in, take out little Miss Stabby Pants and grab Caroline. And Alaric says, that's it. That's your plan. Just take her out. And Damon says, it is simple and it is classic. And Rick says, yeah, listen, I saw the X curved in Stefan's chest. Pretty sure she's not playing tic-tac-toe. This is a trap. So this is a little... Mm-hmm. I think we already knew Stefan had, had the scar. Yes, we knew he had the scar. We saw it. His scar opened up. We know that they all know what the scar means at this point, even though we still don't really know what the scar means. Yeah, and that it seems... I mean, I have a, a guess of what the scar means. I guess I should say it now. There's not really a better time to bring it up. I think if you are stabbed with that sword with the phoenix stone in the hilt, you die and get put in the phoenix stone. And you keep that scar if you come back to life outside of the phoenix stone. So when does it close and open? How does that get determined? Oh, I bet it opens when the Phoenix Stone is in the hilt and near you. Okay. Like when you could be killed again. Sure. 
Or maybe when a new person goes into the stone. Like when a new person is killed with the knife, you it opens up. Okay. Because why? Because the bridge to the stone is open. Okay. Probably the first one, based on how you reacted to the second one. I barely reacted to the first one. <laughs> yeah, that's a dead giveaway. Then I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Tell yourself that. Well, because I've been kind of eating on the Phoenix Stone sword combo, let's say that, after this episode. Yeah, so far you've made a lot of good guesses. And famously, whenever you make good guesses, you never slide back into bad guesses. Famously, hubris has never been an issue for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Damon says, I know it's a trap. I'm going to spring it so Stefan can't. And Rick says, well, I didn't get a babysitter on 30 seconds notice just to sit in the car. Uh, Damon says, you're not just going to sit in the car. And Rick says, oh, you have to turn, 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 because he's almost missing the turn. Uh, They arrive at the TV station. And Damon says, there's no way Stefan didn't see Caroline's broadcast. Which is interesting, because is Stefan in the business of watching Dallas News? Yeah, down bad. Yeah, literally. Damon says he'll be here in a minute. When he gets here, pump him full of vervain so he can't hero his way in. Rick says, if Caroline's in danger, I'm coming with you. And Damon says, she doesn't want Caroline, she wants him. If he goes in there, he's dead. And so Damon goes in. Damon hears Caroline say, Stefan, Stefan, please. And Damon says, guess you're going to have to settle for the other one, Blondie. Uh, she says, Stefan, I, but we can see once he's walked in, Caroline's not there. It's a recording of the video from last week where Caroline is saying, like, oh, we apologize for the interruption of your current program. I'm a producer. I have an urgent message for Stefan Salvatore. But Caroline's not in the building anymore. Classic move. Yeah. And Damon says, uh, that's not good. And then he gets shot with a bunch of darts in the back and he falls down. It's like minimum for Vivane darts. Like, you got him. <laughs> yeah, girly, calm it down. We go to the present, to the dorm at Whitmore. Caroline comes in from the bathroom, and Rick has a pregnancy test box. And he says, it actually is really simple. Two lines, you're pregnant. One line, you're not. Caroline says, okay, how many lines have you been mystically knocked up by a coven of dead witches? And he says, guess we'll find out in three minutes. (laughs) One. (laughs) (laughs) She says, this is crazy. I mean, you're an occult studies professor. Have you ever come across anything about a pregnant vampire? Girl, you've known him this whole time. He's been an occult studies professor. He hasn't. And let's not act like he's like actively doing research. Like he's only researching things that affect you guys at any given time. Like if you haven't heard about it, he hasn't heard about it. Yeah. He says, no, I haven't heard anything. But until a few weeks ago, I'd never heard of a stone that was full of tormented vampire souls either. Caroline says, how would it even be possible? I'm technically dead, which has been the justification for the accepted piece of lore that vampires cannot get pregnant. Yeah. Well, remember in like season one, you asked me, can vampires get pregnant? And I said, no, but there's always a loophole. Here's another freaking loophole. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Why not just have her carry a, a hamper like they do with every other pregnant actress? No, let's make it insane. Rick says, your body basically functions normally. Your heart beats, you breathe. I mean, is it that far outside the realm of possibility that your body could support a baby or two? That's truly Plex saying to the audience, like, is it that? Is it really that serious? You guys can buy this, right? She's like, I mean, none of you can say it's impossible because I did the world building here. So what, you're going to fight me on this? <laughs> Caroline says, why would the coven want me to? And Rick says, I really don't think they had a choice. The Gemini were all dying. They couldn't let the future of their coven perish along with them. So they had to put the babies someplace safe inside a body that wouldn't die. There were maybe two female bodies who were not Geminis there. 
Caroline and Elena. One is human. I guess I'd pick the vampire too. Yeah, if the vampire can hold the babies, sure. We go over to the Lockwood house. Damon walks into the kitchen and Stefan's there. And Damon says, ooh, do I smoke cornbread? And Stefan says, we're hosting Thanksgiving. And Damon says, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Stefan says, pre-Thanksgiving, whatever. Also, it's just an excuse to get our mom here. Also, this Thanksgiving, it appears, although I guess we see Damon eat a plate later. Is it just cornbread and cranberry sauce? <laughs> also, if it's pre-Thanksgiving, why are we cooking the entire meal? Because it is, at the end of the day, a ruse. Yeah. <laughs> How early did Stefan have to get up for this? He cooked the whole meal for three of them, one of whom they're torturing, and he doesn't eat. So a whole meal for Damon to eat one plate as a bit, it seems like a lot of work. I know you like cooking, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Damon says, whatever happened to taking out Julian? Great question. Because Stefan was the one who was like, I need to do it immediately. And now he's cooking dinner? It's Thanksgiving. You're taking that time off? Damon says, remember him? Killed what would have been your firstborn? You know, I cleared my entire schedule so we could make that guy count worms, unless you're too busy baking. You cleared your whole schedule? Yeah, what did you have on your schedule? But whatever, whatever. I'm with you, Damon. I'm on your team. I just have to say it. Yeah. Stefan says, Julian knows I want him dead. So our next move has to be smart. We're probably only going to have one more shot at this. It has to be smart or incredibly fast. Honestly, the last time he would expect you to strike was immediately after the first time. So honestly, the best time to do it would have been as you were leaving last episode. Yeah. Which we said at the time. But here we are. Because they've already found a way to retaliate in some way. Of course, I find it to be an obstacle that is not insurmountable. And Damon agrees with me. Yeah. Damon says, I'm not quite following the whole Martha Stewart strategy, to be honest. And Stefan says, I am planning on recruiting an ally. And the doorbell rings. So we're like, oh, great. Who's the ally? So I'm like, great. Bo, Norm, Mary Louise. Let's get one of these heretics to turn on Julian. Opens the door. Worst ally you could have picked. Yeah, it's Lily, and it's like, oh, okay. And she says, I brought cranberries, and she brought the hugest thing of cranberries. I've never been to a Thanksgiving that needed that many cranberries. At the absolute largest Thanksgiving, you probably need a quarter of that tray. Literally. We go over to Whitmore, and a Lyric's timer goes off, and it's like, oh, pregnancy test time. <laughs> Caroline shows Rick the test, and he says, negative. But I don't understand. I mean, Valerie was so certain. And they're very quick to assume that a pregnancy test is the right way to test for magic babies, which I find to be fundamentally flawed reasoning. I think a spell is the best case scenario. (laughs) I think like, honestly, I wouldn't even take a pregnancy test. I would go get an ultrasound, sure. But once Valerie told me that, I'd be like, yep. I mean, she's probably right. She's a witch. Yeah, I I would be sooner to trust Valerie. And like, I get the idea of like, oh, we'll get a pregnancy test to make sure but you know it's weird that you're a vampire who's pregnant let's think about like what a pregnancy test does like do you think you're gonna have the levels of hormones like they're magic babies at best you should be wary of the result you shouldn't be like one negative we're good yeah caroline says i guess she was wrong or playing some twisted game either way i trust that a lot more than i trust her misread and she says i'm sorry i I know how much you wanted this And she gets a call from Matt and says, hey, Matt, now's not really a good time. And Matt says, don't care, didn't ask. Bonnie and I found two dozen people compelled to hang out at the high school last night. I've been trying to call her, but she won't pick up. I'm starting to get a little worried. And Caroline says, yeah, I think she's with Enzo. I don't know. And Matt says, well, now I'm a lot worried. What the hell is she doing with him? (laughs) 
Matt's like, oh, so she's not answering my calls to hang out with Enzo. Amazing. I hate my life. <laughs> and Caroline says, I don't know what she's doing with Enzo. Were you able to clear all the people out? And Matt says, we had to tranquilize them just to get them out of there, but they were all back this morning like they never left. And Caroline says, why would someone compel people to gather at the high school in an abandoned town? And then Matt walks into the grill and finds a similar setup there. And he says, hey, how fast can you get to the grill? And Caroline's like, why not? I got nothing else to do. So well, I'm not pregnant, so I guess I can go somewhere today. <laughs> yeah. We go over to the Lockwood house. Um, Stefan and Damon are sitting with Lily. And Stefan at first tries to reason with Lily, which actually I do think is a useful way to spend his time. Even though it doesn't work right away, it does eventually pay off. It is good to get this information to her because she needed to get this to sow seeds of doubt. At first, I was worried that this was his entire plan. Yeah. And that's concerning. But I do think it's good to get this information out in the open. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't, you know, waste a lot of time. He says, I invited you over here because we can't keep doing this. You know, I want us to start over. And Lily says, well, if the pilgrims and Indians could do it, I'm sure there's hope for us. And Damon says, actually, they're Native Americans, uh, but we didn't bring you here to correct your outdated racial slurs, did we, Stefan? And famously, the Native Americans and pilgrims did not have a good time at Thanksgiving. Yeah, Lily doesn't know a lot about the history of Thanksgiving, honestly. And why would I expect her to? Yeah, we can't blame her, I guess. Stefan says, anyway, I want to convince you of all the reasons you need to help us get rid of Julian. And she says, I'm sorry, is this some kind of setup? Why the fuck would you say that? Like, it's not a setup. I'm being honest with you. I'm not I'm not lying about what the goal is here. Yeah, Stefan does not uh, mince any words. He says, hear me out just for a second. In 1863, I got Valerie pregnant. She kept it a secret from me, from you, from everyone. And Julian found out about it somehow, and he felt threatened by it. He beat her till the baby was no longer alive. Her child, your grandchild, was murdered by Julian. She swore me to secrecy, but the truth is too important. Mind you, he hasn't told Caroline. Yeah, that pisses me off. But I do appreciate he went right through this point by point. He was not doing any like messing around. He was like, I'm just giving you this information. Giving you the facts. He says, you need to know what kind of man he is. And Damon says, I think what Stefan's trying to say is you have really crappy taste. And Lily says, my son, Valerie lied to me for over a century about you. Then she tried to kill a member of my family in cold blood and tried to incinerate the love of my life. Yeah, Stefan just explained why all that happened, actually. Yeah, all those events were actually related to what I just fucking said. So (laughs) thank you for bringing them up. (laughs) Lily says, do yourself a favor and don't lose any more sleep over the words that come out of that poor girl's mouth. And then Stefan does the right reaction here where he like, Lay's like, okay, you're right, queen. Yeah, it's pretty clear once he does this, I'm like, oh, he spiked that drink. Okay, he's moving this in the right direction now. Yeah, he says, wow, I guess the joke's on me then, right? He said, damn, I guess she got me. Great point, mom. I mean, (laughs) I was the idiot who believed her and he pours them all bourbon. And Lily, like the idiot that she is, believes this immediately. She says, I got through to him. I'm such a good fucking mom. Well, and- Good that he didn't tell Damon he was doing this because Damon is reacting just as he should. He's like rolling his eyes like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Lily says, I believed her too about many things, but I will not make that same mistake again. Uh, Stefan says, here's to moving on then, right? And they all toast. Lily says, to moving on. She drinks. She goes, oh. (laughs) She does her own take on a vervain reaction. I think the, the justification for it is they say it's concentrated for veins. So I guess it's stronger. 
And she also probably has not experienced it that much, but she does. I love that she takes the new direction with it. And she passes out like almost immediately. So it must be that must be the concentrated thing. It is funny, though, because one thing about Damon is he's usually pretty quick to down an entire glass of bourbon. I'm surprised he he didn't down it before he saw what happened. I know. I'm surprised he didn't down it before Lily even brought the glass to her lips. (laughs) And then Stefan would have to be like, I had to take Damon out because. (laughs) (laughs) And then snap Lily's neck. And be like, okay. (laughs) Damon says, wow, did I ever mention I like your style? And Stefan says, I had a feeling we were going to have to do this the hard way. (laughs) And so goes Stefan's final slay of the episode. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Damon says, best Thanksgiving ever. We go out to some junkyard. Bonnie and Enzo are hanging out together. Thank you. Thank you. Keep chatting. Keep hanging. Bonnie says, why would a centuries-old vampire with a bunch of witch goopies be so desperate to find anything collecting dust in the Midlothian County impound? Seems a little beneath him. Enzo says, well, if Julian wants it, then so do I. I I'm not asking any questions. He said, I don't really care what it is. I just don't want him to have it. Yeah. Even though I'm going to let him have it in about, you know, four hours, but whatever. But that'll be out of my control at that point. (laughs) Bonnie says, are we talking about Oscar's car or Lily? You're not doing this to stop a psychopath. You just want the girl. And Enzo says, yeah, congratulations. You've just unlocked every man's true motivation in life. He's like, I never said that wasn't my reason. Yeah, I never pretended it wasn't. (laughs) Bonnie says, let me give you some advice. Stop treating Lily like a prize to be won. And he says, spoken like someone who's never been fought over. Why to gag her? Kind of got her ass, even though it's Julie Plex's goddamn fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not Bonnie's fault that she's never been fought over. But yeah, Enzo did kind of gag her a little bit here, kind of severely. And Enzo's not known to like gag people severely. He's known to get gagged severely. Well, and the thing is, she could have hit him back with like, how would you fucking know? Because he's never been fought over either. But I mean, he got her. I have to give it to him. She could have hit him with the classic takes one to no one. Uh, but... <laughs> But she was shocked that he gagged her because he's never done it before. And Bonnie says, well, you know, it's not the turn on you think it is. Try flowers, a quiet dinner, listening. She says, well, he's actively listening. Mm-hmm. Hello, goals. They find the car. It's yellow and ugly. Absolutely Oscar style, all of. Yeah, I could have told you that car was yellow. I could have told you a week ago. I could have <laughs> looked at the junkyard and said, I bet it's that one. Let's try the yellow one first. Yeah. Enzo says, I'm assuming Julian doesn't want it for its blue book value. Another gag. (laughs) Yeah. They open the trunk and they look around. Enzo pulls out the spare tire and like the hiding space for what they're looking for is just like immediately under the spare tire. The most obvious hiding place you can pick, by the way. Thank you, Oscar. Second only to the glove compartment. (laughs) (laughs) He finds wrapped in like a piece of cloth, a sword. We can see it's got a couple different points on it and it's got like yeah, it's got like an X shape. Yeah, it's got, for lack of a better word, an X shape. It's like two blades perpendicular to each other connected together. Yeah. And they make it hard to notice. There is like, at the bottom of the handle, a hole that's about Phoenix Stone size. And they try not to show it in any shot, but they do show it a couple times. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I understand like as the audience, that can't be something we see. But if I'm Enzo, I'm like, something must go in here. Probably that stone. Well, and even if you can't connect, it's a Phoenix stone, you know, something's missing. Bonnie should have probably, you know, flagged it more than Enzo because Bonnie's held the stone, seen it more. Oh, Enzo's held it too. Oh, that's true. Uh, But I feel like in general, one of them should have been able to clock this. And I understand that like 
this is not a character choice. It's just like for the story to work, they can't clock it. But I feel like both Enzo and Bonnie would have been like, there's a hole here. Anyway, Enzo says, I'll wager this is what Julian's looking for. Wonder what makes it so special. And Bonnie says, oh, I think I've seen that before when I was doing research on the stone. Let me see what I can dig up. Enzo doesn't want to wait for research. It would have taken a half an hour, maybe, but whatever. He says, I don't need research to tell me which one's the pointy end. What do we need to know? And Bonnie says, well, if he wants to kill someone with it, or if he's worried about being killed by it. (laughs) And Enzo says, there's one way to find out. Ram it through his chest, see what happens. And Bonnie says, I know what's not going to happen. Lily falling hopelessly in love with the person who murdered her sweetheart. And Enzo says, not if I make it look like self-defense. This is Enzo's one plan, because he did this exact same thing with Stefan. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't. He made himself look dead by self-defense. That one was a little more uh, emotionally charged, apparently. Either way, fake self-defense is kind of Enzo's bread and butter when it comes to plans. And it's not a bad plan, but he seems to actually get himself in danger to sell it. Like, you can fake it without putting yourself in active danger. Yeah. Bonnie says, yeah, good idea. Pick a fight with an extremely powerful, unhinged ancient vampire. That should work out great. Enzo says, is that a hint of concern for me I detect in your voice? And it is. But also just a concern for this kind of chaos cannot be happening. Yeah. We need to all take a minute and do some research before we just start stabbing people with things. If we've learned anything from the whole Phoenix Stone debacle so far. Yeah. It's mama, let's research before we use it. Well, let's even think back to like the original dagger. A dagger can kill you or it can like give him power or some bullshit. Like if she says she knows where the research is, let's just check first. Yeah. Also, because Enzo, you're going to want to not jump to conclusions because you don't want to accidentally kill your your girlfriend, mommy. Yeah. Bonnie says, now that I think about it, go ahead and kill each other. Win win for me. We go over to the Lockwood house. Lily comes to she is tied to a chair with Vivane ropes and she says, what are you doing? Girl, what does it look like? Girl, we're torturing you so you actually take what we're saying seriously. It's pretty fucking clear. Stefan says, Julian's practically brainwashed you like Giuseppe did way back when. Lily says, what does Giuseppe have to do with this? Lily. As it turns out, everything. And you'll realize that later, Queen. Yeah, you'll get there. You had to really get, get it hammered into you to get there, but you will get there. Damon says, well, you didn't think dad was a monster at first, but somewhere along the way, this little warning light started blinking psycho, psycho, psycho. You just need that little light to blink again. Well, that's exactly what happened. She only tells stories after the warning light started to blink. Well, yeah, that's what's so funny about like Lily in this episode is she this big reveal, like three quarters of the way through the episode is like, I actually did know he was a monster. That's the point. You did eventually, but you didn't at the beginning. Yeah. So don't you realize when in the beginning of the story with Julian now? Yeah, that twist came, by the way, 15 years into a 20-year relationship. So let's let's think, sweetie. Yeah. Lily says, what are you talking about? And Stefan says, it's a pattern, Lily. You can't see it with Julian just like you couldn't see it with Giuseppe. These two happen to be right here. But getting relationship advice from these two? Humbling. Humbling indeed. Stefan says, hey, do you remember that fun-filled Thanksgiving we had back in 1851? Damon says, 1851. Jog my memory, brother. Was that the year father took me out to the farm and made me behead my pet turkey? And Stefan says, yeah, that would be the year. And Damon says, that was a doozy. I mean, I don't know why you thought Giuseppe was letting you keep a pet. 
also look and not to belittle Damon's experience here, but it was 1851. Killing your turkey was quite normal and honestly something that young boys were expected to learn how to do. And I'm not saying it's right, but I think that like Giuseppe making you kill the turkey for dinner, that's not the real abusive part of this story. But also it is rude to make him then eat it. But that to me says you didn't explain farming to Damon well enough. And that's a failure of parenting because why'd you let him get so close to this turkey? I think that's the issue. And I think Giuseppe is mad that Damon got attached to a turkey. Why'd you let him name the turkey? Number one. And once you saw he named it, why were you like, oh, he should kill him? Don't tell him it's that turkey that you're eating. Say Sammy went to go live in like a turkey mansion and this is unrelated. Yeah, Sammy's mom came to pick him up or her up because we know Sammy's a girl. And we actually got a different turkey to eat. This is classic Damon. Like, wow, this really affected you, some of this shit. Oh, and yes, he shouldn't have made Damon kill the turkey. I do bet that this was a punishment on Giuseppe's part to be like, now that you got all attached, you have to know that, like, you have to kill things, whatever. Well, yeah, I don't know how premeditated it was, because, again, I do think, like, it's a normal thing to learn in 1851, like, how to prepare your food. Yeah, because you can't go to the store and get, like, turkey. Yeah, they don't have Trader Joe's. So... I think that that lesson is fair, but how much of, did Giuseppe want Damon to get attached to the turkey or was it just an unfortunate circumstance of Damon having a big hurt? Yeah. It's unclear. But he does worse stuff later that even if he's like not guilty for the turkey thing, he's still a bad father. Well, all that turkey stuff beforehand, it's what's really fucked up is Damon says, I don't want to eat this turkey. I'm attached to it. And he says, eat the fucking turkey. Yeah. Like that's where you start going too far and then you continue to go too far. But like, I'm sorry you had to kill a turkey. You're the oldest son and someone had to eat for Thanksgiving. Nobody wants to work these days. <laughs> it should also be noted 1851. We'll do a quick age check. Mm-hmm. A- as we know, in 1864, they were 17 and 25. It's 13 years before. So Stefan was four and Damon was 12. Just for us to have context. Yeah. So we go to Thanksgiving, 1851. Uh, that house is dark as hell. Yeah. And I know they don't have electricity, but come on, it's so dark in there. But you could get some more candles. Actually, don't they have electricity? Didn't Benjamin Franklin discover electricity? You know what? I'm not going to get into when it... <laughs> I mean, he. there's a significant lag between when he discovered electricity and when like houses had free-flowing electricity. Because like knowing electricity happens is different than like building circuits that light homes sure like when did thomas edison invent the light bulb is a more accurate question electricity was first introduced into people's homes near the end of the victorian period in the late 19th century so this would have been pre-electricity in homes sorry yeah either way this house is dark as hell (laughs) more candles so giuseppe raises a glass and says if i could just take a moment you can't shut up (laughs) <laughs> well, what are you going to do if they don't let you take a moment? Fucking hit them? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he says, I just want to say how thankful I am to the good Lord for giving me a beautiful wife, two fine boys, a table filled with fine food, and a stomach big enough to fit it all in. Stefan and Lily give it a polite giggle. <laughs> <laughs> and Damon's like, I feel sick. <laughs> yeah, Damon already is in a bad mood, of course, and he's making it everybody's problem, classic Damon. Yeah. But I do want to mention, as we are here, we see a shot of young Damon, and many of you probably recognize this actor 
as the actor who plays Jeremiah on The Summer I Turn Pretty. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! With those fuck-ass blue eyes. Oh my god, it's really like I'm shaking give him brown contacts. Literally. It's so dark. You can see those eyes if all the fucking lights are out. He's so creepy. Team Conrad. <laughs> yeah, first of all, Team Conrad. Second of all, Ian Somerhalder has creepy blue eyes too, so it's they kind of had to find someone with creepy blue eyes. And this kid does a fine job. He's fine in the summer I turned pretty too. He's not a great actor. See, he just brings up such an anger in me because he's so creepy looking and I don't like Jeremiah. So I don't care for him, but he does fine in this if I can separate him from the Jeremiah of it all. Yeah, but it's hard to. It's really hard to. So they all dig into dinner and Giuseppe can't help but notice that Damon isn't eating. And so Giuseppe says, son, eat your dinner, please. And Damon says, nope, I cannot. And Lily says, oh, what's the matter, sweetheart? And Giuseppe says, it wasn't an invitation, eat. And Stefan says, um, why is he not eating? Because Stefan's like four. He's like, what is going on? Yeah. Damon says, because this is Sammy. Giuseppe says, that animal was put on this earth to be sustenance, not your friend. Giuseppe says, you will clean your plate or spend the night in the root cellar wishing you had. The root cellar? Like, so I have to eat my beloved turkey or I'm going to not only be hungry, but I have to be hungry in the cellar. I can't even go to my room. Yeah, come on. Damon says, mother, please do not make me eat her. And Lily says, you heard your father, Damon. And so Damon does eat, but he's sad about it. Yeah. So then in the present, Damon says, rest in peace, Sammy. And then he eats the turkey that he has on his plate. Yeah, because he's made himself a whole plate of food now. He brought it over. No one else is eating. Damon said, I'm going to celebrate Thanksgiving because he's thankful that his mother's being tortured. Yeah. Lily says, I kept you from wasting a perfectly good meal. Okay. Which, this comment is funny because she doesn't even really believe that. (laughs) Which she, like, reneges on it later. And then she says, and I still don't see what any of this has to do with my current relationship. Yeah, because you're stupid. Yeah, well, Lily, I mean, we'll we'll tie it together but it's pretty obvious from right now where we're going right (laughs) damon says of course you don't see it lily that's the whole point and stefan says you're too blind to see it you're drawn to men who manipulate you into seeing what they want men who abuse you and lily says oh i'm sorry the vervain ropes searing into my flesh are distracting me from concentrating on your lecture about tolerating abuse and that's fair it's kind of all she has to stand on right now so of course she's going to turn this on them I mean, like, Lily, you wouldn't be listening to this, though, if we untied you is the thing. So, yeah. So Stefan's like, that's fine. Push back, girl. Damon says this is pointless. Pointless with pumpkin pie, but pointless. And Stefan says, no, we are here to open up her eyes. You're going to sit here and listen to every single word I say. And by the end of the day, you're going to help us kill your boyfriend. And these are big words, but they are they do end up being true. Yeah. King of manifestation. I mean, he did pull it out. Lily right now is like, that's not going to happen. I'd like to see you try. And she's like, oh. She's like, okay, you kind of got me there. We go over to the grill. Caroline is there investigating all the bodies with Matt, all the bodies hooked up to IVs. Matt says, I found more at the courthouse and another dozen at the supermarket. Only a dozen at the supermarket? There's way more space in there. Yeah. Caroline says, what's with all the IVs? And Matt says, it's saline to keep them hydrated, which you'd only need if you were going to keep them here for a while. And Caroline says, they're using them as human blood banks. I guess we know what the heretics are having for Thanksgiving dinner. And Matt says, the problem is, I can't find a single bite mark on any of them, which is somehow creepier. 
Yeah. He's like, at least if they were biting them, I'd know the situation. <laughs> he says they're not being fed on. They're being fed. I found these in the trash and it's to go containers of like salmon, steak, iron rich foods. Where'd they get this food? The grill is closed. Bo's cooking up a storm in the back. Matt says they're iron rich foods, probably to boost their red blood cell count. It's like someone is fattening the cattle for the slaughter. And then Caroline throws up and we all know what that means. She's got a bun in the oven. Yeah, that that's the universal sign of pregnancy on TV shows. Yeah. Matt says, hey, are you okay? And she says, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And he says, well, no, you're not fine, obviously, because you just puked. Like, yeah, I fucking know I just puked. Okay, Detective Donovan. He's going to be such a good detective someday. <laughs> Caroline says, yeah, I think I just had like an expired blood bag last night or something. And then the talk of the food and the iron and the slaughtered cattle. And Matt says, you're a vampire with food poisoning. He doesn't buy it. Yeah, he says, that sounds unlikely. She says, yes, I'm a vampire with food poisoning standing in a room of much bigger problems. So stop looking at me like you've never seen a vampire vomit before and start thinking of a way to break their compulsion. And he's like, well, I've never seen a vampire vomit before, though, which is weird. But he does pick his battles and he just says, well, look, short of turning them into vampires, I can't think of a way to break their compulsion. And Caroline says, "Okay, well, maybe we don't have to break it. Maybe someone can siphon it away. And then she sighs and she sends a text message because she doesn't want to hang out with Valerie. No one would. Yeah, but they need someone to siphon and Valerie's easier to convince than Nora and Mary Louise and Bo. So, yeah, we go over the Salvatore house. Julian opens the door and Enzo's there. And Julian says, ah, the barkeep. Did you forget your tip jar? And Enzo says, "Okay, you know who I am. Yeah, Enzo's like, don't even play with me. He said, we're not doing that today. You've heard of me. Julian says, oh, right. The steerage waif Lily took pity upon. She told me all about you. And Enzo says, that's funny. She hardly mentioned you. If you like the way I talk, then why am I on your mind? You teed that up too easily for him, Julian. Yeah, you gave that one to him. Julian says, so what brings you here? And Enzo says, I left something behind that means a great deal to me. My guitar. And Julian says, hmm, haven't seen one lying around. Perhaps Lily threw it out with the rest of the rubbish. And Enzo says, oh, yeah, I doubt that. She loves it when I play for her. Sometimes begs me to. And there's no point in trying to deny her. And Julian says, I hope you're not suggesting anything untoward. And Enzo says, and if I were? Julian says, well, we'd have to settle it like gentlemen. But I assured Lily there'd be no more bloodshed in the house. And Enzo says, did you make any promises about outside? This is like watching the two most popular eighth graders get in a fight. Yeah. It's like, I can tell you guys are taking this seriously, but I personally can't. <laughs> like, okay, if you guys want to fight, I mean, I, I guess I'll root for you, Enzo, but I wish you didn't waste your time with this bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I'll cheer for one of you, but is but is this really the time to do it? And again, like, I get that Enzo wants to make killing Julian look like self-defense. The thing is for Enzo, and I mean, maybe he doesn't talk enough to Stefan and Damon, but in general, Stefan and Damon need to do this too. I think there's enough people who want to kill Julian. We just need to centralize and get a plan together. Well, and if you want to make it look like self-defense, I understand, you know, you want to get him going. A way easier way to make it look like self-defense, invite him over to wherever you're living. Invite him in, stab him inside, be like, yeah, he broke into my house. Literally. We go over to the grill. Valerie is there now. Boo. Valerie says, oh, you want me to siphon the compulsion out of all these people? Do you have any idea how long that will take? And Caroline says, 
oh, probably the amount of time that it'll take to siphon one person times the amount of people in this room. Well, you know, it would be faster if you started doing it instead of talking about it. <laughs> yeah, or did two at a time. You got two hands, don't you? Yeah. Valerie says, I am all for scuttling. Is that what she says? Whatever. She's all for ruining Julian's plans. But it's a word I don't know that she said. She says, but siphoning these people won't make a difference. He'll just replace them. You'll be trading one life for another. Speaking of life, I can't imagine this is the safest town for someone with your status to be roaming around in. And Matt says, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and Caroline says, nothing. And Valerie says, I wouldn't call a pregnant vampire nothing. And Caroline says, okay, um, I'm not pregnant. Valerie convinced poor Rick that the Gemini coven dumped his twin babies into my, you know what? Never mind. It's not true. A test confirmed it, and thanks to you, Rick is probably still at home waiting for that second blue line to show up. So you know what? Maybe now would be an appropriate time to call him and explain how you could get something so important so wrong. And Valerie doesn't even bother saying, like, you used a normal human pregnancy test. And Matt's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? He said, I am lost. (laughs) Valerie says, do I need to remind you that you summoned me here for my help? If you don't think my talents are up to snuff, then I will gladly find other things to do with my time. Like what? What are you going to do? Go to Thanksgiving with your family? Did you not just get disowned? Yeah, you have no plans today. Be serious. Caroline says, I'm sorry. Maybe it was just a momentary lapse of magical juju. Can you please help us take away these people's compulsion? And Valerie starts siphoning. We go out to the woods. Julian and Enzo are walking together, and Julian is carrying two swords. Like, did no one tell him they have guns now? I mean, what is with the swords? It's like little boy shit. And if no one told him about the guns, great news for Enzo, bring a gun. Yeah, one with wooden bullets. I like. I understand why Enzo wants the reveal of the sword with Julian. Yeah. But I don't know why he doesn't just stake him. I understand the reveal of the sword and wanting to kill him with the sword. I get that. Totally in support of it. Shoot him in the kneecap and then stab him with the sword. Yeah. Like, we don't need to have a whole sword fight. Because I, first of all, it's phallic. It's a duel with swords. I get it. Yeah. But- you could still get cut with a sword. Like, why bother with it if you don't have to? And it's just because it's a pride thing. It's a it's a pride thing. It's little boy shit. It's very, like, archaic, like, we're fighting for the honor of a woman and with a sword. And it's like, okay, did you just watch The Princess Bride last night? Like, I'm sorry, but be efficient. Well, also, like, Julian, I get. Maybe you don't know shit and you clearly love swords. And also, Julian has a well-documented love of sword fighting. Yeah. Which, that's its own thing. I'm not even going to unpack Pretty gay. (laughs) Yeah, it's phallic as hell. But Enzo, why are you entertaining this? You were famously like from the 1800s. Like it's not like people were sword fighting regularly, I think. Yeah, and you were captive a lot. I don't know where Enzo learned to sword fight is the other question. I guess it doesn't really matter. Maybe they said something about it on the radio when he was in Augustine. Maybe. Maybe they gave him a stick at some point and they were like, have fun, whatever. I'm not a monster. You can have a stick. (laughs) Julian says, do you know what true bravery is? Yawn alert. Most people don't. It isn't going against incredible odds and thinking you're going to win. No, that's merely confidence. Bravery is knowing you're going to lose, but doing it anyway. So you're actively saying you're not brave. Yeah. I mean, I get he thinks this is a gotcha, but it's every time he talks, I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Can we can we get this moving? Can we get this scene done so I, I get closer to the time I never have to see you on my screen again? Enzo, let's go. Let's go, baby. Enzo says, that's your strategy. Bore me into submission. 
And Julian says, well, if you won't let me give you an honorable way out, I have no choice but to give you an honorable death. Let's get on with it. Choose your weapon. They're two identical swords. Yeah. And so Enzo grabs a sword. They sword fight. And I'm like, move Julian out of this shot. Let me see Enzo some more. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the Lockwood house. Lily says about the Vervain ropes. Are these entirely necessary? They're quite painful. Yes, girl, because if we take them off, you'll leave. Yes, they're necessary or we wouldn't be doing them. Yeah. Damon says, huh, does that burn? And Lily says, you know it does. And Damon says, oh, let me see if I can fix that. And then he pulls it tighter and says, guess not. And Stefan says, that's enough, Damon. Damon says, oh, she thinks this is painful? Try being 12 and helpless. And so we flash back to Damon being 12 and helpless. He has finished eating his best friend. And he says, may I be excused? And Giuseppe says, no, the fuck you can't. Giuseppe says, in a moment, Lily, a bourbon, please. And she goes to get him bourbon. He takes out a cigar and he says, I took this out for a special occasion today. But in the process, I discovered quite a bit of money missing from my bureau. You wouldn't know anything about that. And Damon says, no. And Giuseppe says, Stefan, have you been rummaging around your father's bureau? Stefan shakes his head. And Giuseppe says, well, it did not just grow legs and walk off now, did it? And even at this point, I'm like, well, Lily took it. Yeah. And there's an awkward silence. So Stefan goes to get matches for his father. I guess that's usually his job. He trained his four-year-old well. Yeah. And Giuseppe lights his cigar and says, which one of you did it? Confess here and now like a man who took the money. And Damon says, it was not us. And Giuseppe says, to think of all the work your mother has put into grooming you to be proper young men of society. Do you really want to put her through the heartache of thinking she's a complete and utter failure? And Damon says, well, no, when you put it like that. He says, well, no, but I'm not lying, so I wouldn't call her a failure myself. And Giuseppe says, then what would a man do? And Damon says, tell the truth. And Giuseppe says, and the truth is? And Damon looks at Stefan, who is four and helpless. Well, he's four. He's making a little face. So he's like, well, maybe Stefan took the money and I don't want him to be in trouble for this. Yeah. So either way, Damon decides to take the fall and says, I took it. And Giuseppe says, I didn't raise you to be a thief. I mean, looks like you did. Yeah. If he just admitted he's a thief. (laughs) Yeah. He says, but I also didn't raise you to be a liar. And you've told the truth here today. That's not true. (laughs) Damon's like, wrong. (laughs) Giuseppe says, have you learned your lesson? And Damon nods. He's like, yep, lesson learned. I won't steal your money again. And then Giuseppe grabs Damon's hand and says, this is to make certain you remember it. And he burns Damon with the cigar. Super great parenting. No notes. And, you know, not to be this person, but why waste the good cigar on that? Literally. Like, I don't think you should do it, but if you're going to do it, use one of your cheap cigars. Yeah. We go to the present in the Lockwood house, and Damon says, I didn't take Giuseppe's money. I only confessed because I was afraid of what he'd do to Stefan. Stefan says, it's your pattern, Lily. Julian is a monster. Giuseppe was a monster. Lily says, you don't think I know that? I was married to the man for 20 years. What kind of a fool do you take me for? Girl, don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. They're telling you exactly what kind of fool they take you for because they're telling you you're doing the same thing again and you have no idea. 
She says, do you think I believed you when I caught you digging for ice in the icebox and you told me you scratched your arm playing? I'm not blind, Damon. I know exactly what he did to you that night. Uh, that's not better, Lily. Why did you say that? Like, actually, I knew that he abused you and I knew you didn't take the money. And like, it's one thing to be like, I was scared. I didn't want to be hurt, whatever. But you could have at least gone up to him and been like, I'm so sorry you went through that, Damon. I know you didn't take the money. You just let him be sad in his room. I get her being afraid that like if she went in, that Giuseppe would retaliate against her. But then like, go at least bring your son an ice pack. Don't clock him going to the icebox and say, oh, well. And say like, he's lying. I got it. You want to do anything about that? Want to do anything with that information, Lily? This doesn't make you a better mom. She says, I had gone to fetch his bourbon like he asked. I was on the stairs when I heard your scream. You ran by me clutching your arm and you didn't see me through your tears. You heard him scream and you just stood there? Yeah, Damon says, and you did nothing? <laughs> and Lily says, that is not true. Everything I did, and then a wound appears on her neck. So her thought is interrupted, which is good because this thought wasn't going to be useful. Yeah. Stefan says, Lily. And Lily says, someone's trying to kill Julian. And Damon says, what are you talking about? And Lily says, to protect him from you, we did a spell. We bound Julian's life to mine. We're linked. If he dies, so do I. And Damon's like, okay, awesome. Bye. Damon's like, fine. I mean, rip her heart out right now. I I know you guys don't want to kill your mom, but I've been saying this every week. Like, her time has been up. I mean, honestly, Stefan would be mad, but Damon should do it. Yeah. Then you kill Julian without even having to get near him. And all you have to deal with is Enzo. Enzo will be fine. Enzo will get over it. He got over you leaving him in a burning cage. I think we'll get past this one. Yeah. We go out to the woods where Julian and Enzo are fighting. Of course, Enzo nicked Julian's neck. And that's where the neck wound came from. Julian laughs like a weirdo. And then Enzo reveals that he has the sword with, you know, the X blade. And Julian seems freaked at first. Yeah, he's shocked to see that blade for sure. And Enzo says, I see you two have met before. And Julian says, where'd you get that? And they fight more uh, until Julian grabs some pine needles and throws them in Enzo's face. And Enzo loses Julian for a minute. Gotta give it to Julian, oldest trick in the book. Very Dr. Whitmore of him to go for Enzo's eyes. Literally. (laughs) We go over to the grill. Caroline is compelling one of the civilians and says, you took a wrong turn and ended up in Mystic Falls. Leave and forget everything you saw here. And he goes. Caroline looks at her reflection and she looks particularly at her stomach. And Matt approaches and she says, what? And he says, you sure you don't want to talk about this whole Valerie baby spell thing? And she says, there's nothing to talk about. And he says, I've never seen you puke before, Caroline. And she says, that is because I'm polite, not pregnant. (laughs) She got him there. (laughs) Uh, She says, I can't have Rick's babies inside of me. Not only is it impossible, but it literally defies the physics of the universe. And then in comes Bo. And it's like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, this can't be good. So Valerie sees him and says, Bo, hey, King, hey, bestie. I don't know what atrocities Julian has planned, but you're better than this. I know you because I am your friend. And Bo gives her an aneurysm spell. Good friend. (laughs) Valerie says, Bo, Julian is evil. He doesn't care about the family. He only cares about himself. So Matt shoots Bo in the hand and takes the opportunity to run away with the civilians. And Bo kind of like catches the bullet that gets shot at him. Very cool. Very sexy. And then Bo gives Caroline an aneurysm spell. And then we hear like a body being pierced by something. Like a squelch. 
yeah, a squelch is a great word. And the Anderson spell ends, and we can see that he's got a stake in his stomach, and it was Valerie. And then Valerie in Visiquay is her and Caroline, so Bo can't see them. Mm-hmm. We go back to the woods. Enzo is on the hunt for Julian, and he finds blood on a rock. And then Julian appears behind him. They sword fight some more. Blah, blah. Yawn. We go back over to the Lockwood house. Lily is, like, cleaning the blood off where the wound was. They untied her from these vervain ropes so quick. Mm-hmm. And Stefan brings her a washcloth. Uh, she says, thank you. And she says, I have a secret to reveal. I was the one who took the money on Thanksgiving. It was me. Yeah, we all figured. Yeah, we uh, we all were on that page, girl. There were only three people in that house who could steal from Giuseppe, and we know two of them didn't do it. She says, your father never let me have anything. I lived under his complete control. I had no means of my own, no access to funds. And I'm not saying this is correct or feminist or whatever, but didn't you kind of know that's what marriage was at the time? Yeah, you kind of couldn't have anything besides what your husband had. And I understand you had to get married in the time. But did you expect a line of credit? Yeah, you weren't going to get your own bank account, Queen. But Stefan, you know, at first has the right reaction to this, like, you stood in the next room as your son was being tortured and you didn't confess. And then you stayed with that man for another five years. Not only stayed with that man another five years, she then faked her death and left you. Don't forget that part of the story, Stefan. Yeah, that part's super damning. Lily says, I was trying to save us. We were going to run away. Girl, since when? You tried once after this and then you just were like, you know what? Can't get us all out. It's just going to be me. I mean, I get that maybe she thought she got tuberculosis, so she thought she was going to die. Yeah. Then, if it was such her intention to run away with these boys, why, after she was turned, was she not like, oh, my God. Let me go get them. Yeah. And I guess you could make the argument that she was afraid that she was going to, like, kill her kids. But she had to take Valerie under her wing, who had to be about Stefan's age at that time. Yeah. And she was not a vampire. So then why isn't she like, oh, my God, Valerie, you're like a daughter to me. You can help me take care of my sons. Well, I'm like, if this is true that you really wanted to go save them, if I get turned, I'd be like, great. Now I finally have the power to kill my abusive husband. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Lily says, I was going to protect you boys. We were never going to see him again. But your father, even drunk and miserable, was always one step ahead. We flash back to 1851. Lily is walking with a candle. And she's looking in a bookshelf, clearly looking for, like, something hidden in the pages of a book. Yeah. But there's nothing there. So she gets freaked out. And Giuseppe comes in. And by the way, he's holding a huge-ass candelabra. And he says, looking for these. And it's three train tickets. And he can count. (laughs) (laughs) And Lily says, I don't know what those are. You gotta try it. You gotta try it. She should have said, oh, you bought train tickets? Well, I guess we know what Damon spent all that money on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Blame Damon. He says, train tickets, three of them, planning a trip, are we? And she actually does a pretty good spin here. Yeah. That she says, Giuseppe, you've ruined all my fun. You know, I thought it would be a surprise. I thought you could take the boys to New York for a weekend and see that new steamship we read about in the paper. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure these are one-way tickets. (laughs) So Giuseppe slaps her, classic Giuseppe, and says... You took that money, and I punished Damon for your duplicity. Now, Giuseppe, why don't you go apologize to Damon? Yeah. 
Now he's he's mad at his wife instead of being like, man, maybe I shouldn't be burning my kid as a reaction to things. Yeah. Giuseppe says, you tried to steal my children from me. Should you ever attempt that again, I will take the boys far away from here. You will be alone and you will never see them again. Do you understand me? And then we go to the president of the Lockwood House. Lily says, that's why I had to stay. Giuseppe was a monster. He wasn't manipulating me. I wasn't blind to it. I knew it in my bones. The only thing I cared about more than leaving him was protecting you and your brother. Everything that I did back then, I was doing for you. And this is a sweet sentiment. Thing she did was try to steal money one time and then let Giuseppe abuse them. And then just leave them alone. Yeah. The logic doesn't make any sense. And that's why this character is so frustrating. Because again, you have to pick one. Does she want to protect the kids or not? Because everything she's done, you can't reverse engineer it to be it was to protect them. Because here's the story you tell about Giuseppe. Yeah, I was in love with him. And I was so in love with him. I was okay with him, you know, disciplining you that way because you had to grow up to be strong men. But then he hit me and that's when I left. And and I didn't care about you guys because he was making you stronger. Like, have some justification of why she let them be abused that wasn't just I tried to get away and then I left you there. But I actually cared and I wanted to get you out. I just didn't. I think the problem is they're trying to do what they do with so many villains, which is a redemption arc and make them likable. But they're doing it in a lazy way because she doesn't actually own up to anything she did. And that's where it's different because Catherine and Klaus, both like hallmark traits for them is that they don't like make excuses for the things people don't like. Catherine never said like, oh, I'm sorry that like this person got killed. Catherine's statement was always, I had to put me first. Yeah. And so I think they get trapped in this, like wanting to make Lily likable. And in doing so, they make her motivations make no sense. I think they have that issue particularly because she's a mother and they, yeah, you know, I think through this season, it's clear they want to bring up this motherhood theme and does motherhood change you as a person how does it help you grow how does it do whatever but it's like lily is a way more interesting character if she truly does like have some nostalgia for her sons but no real care and has built this other family that she cares about more that's a more interesting dynamic yeah but they just can't stick with that they just they want stefan and damon to have a mom they care about i'm gonna guess so that it's sad when she dies next episode (laughs) <laughs> that's your theory that she dies next week? Yeah, I think I think she'll be uh, killed trying to kill Julian and they'll both be dead. And they're ramping us up to care when Lily dies. I think they want us to be sad when she dies. And they won't get me. They won't get me. They won't get Damon. They'll get Stefan to be sure. <laughs> and they already have Stefan. But yeah, that's one of my big theories this week that I might as well say now because this is my belief. I think that's an interesting theory. We go out to the woods Julian and Enzo are still fucking sword fighting. That's all they're doing this week. (laughs) Enzo is using the special sword. Julian knocks the sword away. Yeah, because he already lost the other one. And Enzo looks pretty done for, but then Damon appears and pushes Julian into a tree. Julian falls down. Damon grabs the fancy sword and says to Enzo, a little tip from a pro, uh, next time you want to kill a bazillion-year-old psycho, don't pick a sword from the junior section. And Enzo says, oh, on the contrary, I reckon that sword was forged for that very purpose. Now, Enzo, I know you didn't want to do any research and you're just like led by anger right now. I beg you to think critically. 
you have held this sword. You've looked at this sword. You've touched it. It doesn't seem to be bothering you. What exactly do you think this sword is made of that is designed to kill Julian that wouldn't affect you also? I think he's assuming whatever it is won't affect him, that it's like specifically made for Julian or something. And that's why they were holding on to it. I understand. Use the sword that you think is going to kill him. Let's throw a stake in there, too. You don't know anything about this sword, Damon. Yeah, you should not be taking chances. I understand. If he looks dead, fantastic. Let's double check. Let, let's kill again. Especially because, Damon, you are well served in not letting Enzo know that this is going to kill Lily, too. Because you don't care. Let's speed that along. At the very least, snap Julian's neck. Yeah. And then stab him with the sword while he's knocked out from the neck. If he doesn't get gray and veiny, put a stake in. So Enzo's is incoming because Julian is sneaking up behind Damon. And Damon stabs Julian in the hurt with the X sword. At the Lockwood house, Lily gets the same wound. And in the woods, Julian gasps and Damon twists the knife. Sexy. Sexy. We go over to Alaric's office. Bonnie comes in and surprise, surprise, Alaric is sitting at his desk drinking bourbon straight from the bottle. Just another Tuesday. It's so dark in there too. Like we get it. You're depressed, but come on. Yeah. Bonnie says, oh, you're here. Because she doesn't expect him to be at work. Yeah. And he's not really. He says, yeah, I'm here. And Bonnie says, and you're drunk. Is everything okay? And Rick says, just peachy. Bonnie says, okay, just came here to get a book. He's sitting there sad. And so she is like, okay, I probably should sit with him to make sure he doesn't kill himself. And she says, actually, I'm just going to do my research here if that's okay with you. And Rick says, my office is your office. And she says, awesome. And she sits down and she says, do you want to talk about it? And he says, no. And she says, great, didn't think so. She says, awesome, I had to ask. She says, great, I didn't really want to either. She says, so Enzo found some sword in Oscar's car and is under the impression it will kill Julian. And she turns to a page and she says, oh, I found it. This is it. Except it's... And she shows it to Rick and says, does that look like the Phoenix Stone to you? And the picture looks like the sword we found, but in the handle is the Phoenix Stone, which is actually exactly what you guessed it was, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. So bravo, incredible stuff. Gagged, gagged. I know what a sword's supposed to look like. Yeah. And I know every sword looks better with a jewel in it. And actually what's funny is part of the reason I guessed this is I have a charm that Grace got me at a Renaissance fair that is a sword with a little red stone. Wow. And you said this is probably what it looks like. Yes. And I have a little necklace with this, even better. That's great. Merch. Rick says, yep, looks like it to me. <laughs> Rick's like, sure, I'm drunk. Why not? I hate that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie says, okay. And then she reads and says, the stone gives the sword its power against immortal foes. Without it, the blade is merely a blade. Uh-oh. And this is also, this is another instance where it's like, the writers are just recycling a twist we already had, which is the original dagger like doesn't work if it is wielded by a vampire and that it has to stay in. And it's like, without that, it's just a sword. And it's like, okay, you're reusing the same shit, but this one is more obvious. We got to the woods. Julian appears to be unconscious with the sword in his chest, but he's not gray and veiny. So you have to imagine that he's just hanging well, he's just not used to being stabbed and he passed out a little bit from the pain. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Damon says, bastard links his life to my mom's then engages in a duel. What is this, Hamlet Community Theater? <laughs> this is the problem with Damon. You shouldn't mention this, but he just wanted to make the joke about Hamlet. He had the joke in his head. He had to say it. Yeah. Enzo says, hold on, wait, back up. 
what are you talking about? Linked himself to your mum. He says mum. Because he's British. Damon says, yeah, he's using Lily as a human shield. Guess he'd forgotten the fact that half the people left in this town hated her guts. Yeah, Damon's like, guess he forgot that I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Enzo says, Damon, tell me you did not just kill Lily. And he punches him. But actually, come to think of it, I'm not sure that Damon knows Enzo has a crush on Lily. I don't think he does. Why would he know? Yeah, so I guess I can't tell him not to bring it up. Julian gets back up and he snaps Enzo's neck. And Damon says, hey, shouldn't you be deader? Damon's just having a fun day. I mean, you gotta you gotta say he's really not taking life as seriously now that the Elena coffin is a little further away. Yeah, it is clearly good for him. <laughs> Julian throws the sword with the X into Damon. But it's just a blade. But it's just a blade, so you don't think it'll leave a scar? No. I think the stone needs to be in it to leave the scar. Fair enough. Just wanted to ask. We go out behind the grill. Valerie goes up to Caroline and says, are you hurt? And Caroline says, I'm fine. And Valerie says, well, you're not really the one I'm worried about. Well, girl, you asked about her. So can you at least pretend? Yeah. Caroline says, hey, isn't it possible that kill the psycho and save the babies just sound similar in witch Latin? Not to mention you've been out of their loop for 100 years. And Valerie says, a thousand years could pass. I'd never forget that spell. Not a day goes by. I don't think about those words. And I was getting nervous that her baby was alive. <laughs> and But you think the baby's not alive? I think the baby's not alive, based off what she says. Okay. Caroline says, why do you know so much about this? And Valerie says, like you care. It's not like you believe anything I say. And Caroline says, I'm willing to believe you, okay? I just need you to be 100% honest with me, please. How do you know so much about this spell? Yeah, she's like, I'll believe you if you give me enough information to justify that. Yeah, if you give me reason to believe you, I will. Valerie says, because I've used it. I was pregnant before I turned. Julian knew if Lily found out, it would ruin his plans with her. She'd want to return to Mystic Falls instead, so he promptly ended it. But I did everything in my power to save the life inside me. I didn't have an entire coven to work with. It was just me. Hard as I tried, I wasn't strong enough. Caroline says, why would you having a baby make Lily want to come home to Mystic Falls? And then she says, you know, now that I've said it out loud, I think I realized. She said, oh, I figured this one out. She says, that's the big secret you have with Stefan. The baby was his. And Valerie says, Ura's story may have ended in tragedy, but you have the chance to see that your friend Alaric doesn't. And Caroline says, Valerie, the test was negative. And Valerie says, test again. So it's like, oh, so you all just trusted pregnancy test. Okay. We go out to the woods. Damon is struggling because Julian like threw Damon into a tree branch. He threw the sword into him and it stuck him to a tree. Yeah. Julian holds a sword up to Damon's neck. Stefan appears and holds Julian back. And Lily calls out, hey, don't do that. Because one thing about Lily, she's always going to show up to try to break up a fight. Yeah. Julian runs up to Lily and says, oh my gosh, thank God you're all right. You must have been given such a scare. One thing about Julian, he understands if you can get there first and control the narrative, you're going to come out on top every time. Yeah, that's how you do it. You just never let anyone else give a story. And if they do, it's like, well, obviously they're lying because they know that I already told you the truth. Well, and Lily is the queen of believing the first thing someone tells her. And if someone tells her any new information, she's like, no, but that doesn't fit with the information I already heard. Yeah. It's like, girl, that's because it's a, that was a lie. Yeah, that's because I'm revealing some new information. <laughs> Stefan pulls the dagger out of Damon and Lily says, what's going on here? And Julian says, Damon drove a sword into my chest knowing it would be the same as driving it into yours. But I will say this is smart of Julian to say like, yeah, your son was good to kill you. This will break up any trust she has with them. I got to give it to Julian. That's smart. I mean, you have to say that. But of course, we turn to Damon and Damon's like, I'm not pretending I didn't know. They like, 
I heard her say that. Like, obviously me killing him, I knew the situation. Yeah, Damon says, and what? <laughs> Damon said, yeah, I want my mom dead. Julian says, of course he was under the impression it would kill me. And Stefan says, what is he talking about? And Damon says, what difference does it make? It didn't work anyway. Yeah, Damon's like, you have nothing to be mad about. They're still here. Lily says, take me home, please. And Julian and Lily starts to go. And Julian picks up the dagger and goes, why are you letting him take it? Like, no, uh uh-uh, drop that. Leave that with us. I get to take that. I found it fair and square. Stefan looks at Damon and Damon says, what? Damon's like, you cannot possibly be surprised that I did this. Yeah. We go over to Matt's car. Bonnie calls him from Skullbear. And Matt says, look who's finally calling me back. And Bonnie says, yeah, sorry, I got waylaid at an impound lot with Enzo, which is somehow not even the worst part of my day. And Matt says, I don't give a fuck about you. I needed your help, Bonnie. Instead, you were ditching my calls to hang out with the guy who recently kidnapped your roommate. And Bonnie says, okay, a lot of oversimplification in that line. We weren't hanging out. I was helping him find a sword to kill Julian. Where are you? I'll come meet you. And Matt says, don't bother. Tyler and Jeremy actually took my call. They think they found a way to help, and I'm looking into it. And he hangs up. What would Bonnie have done? She would have probably come to the same conclusion and been like, let's get someone to siphon it out. You should talk to someone who actually deals with the heretic son like me. Yeah, exactly. Enzo sits down with Bonnie. He brings um, some drinks over for them. Bestie. Date. Bestie's incoming. Lover's incoming. Lover's incoming. Before besties, we're not not wasting our time with another friends to lovers here, okay? I saw what y'all did with Staroline. Let's move the enemies to lovers. It goes faster. We only got season seven and eight left. We can't be pussyfooting around. Let's move it along. Enzo says, I guess we could both use a drink. And Bonnie says, I heard today didn't go so well. And he says, with the sword or with Lily? Because the answer is the same. And she says, so that's it? You're giving up? And he says, when nine Russians tell you you're drunk, you lie down. Where do you hear that one? (laughs) Yeah, where do you pick up that saying? But it's fun. It's a good, it's fun saying. He says, Lily made her intentions clear. Good for you, King. Show some self-love. It only took you, whatever, 150 years. Yeah. Bonnie says, good. You're better off without her. <laughs> Love. We go over to the Lockwood house. Stefan is pissed off. And Damon says, okay, come on. You can't honestly say you're surprised, can you? You know, I love Damon in this scene. He's like, I, I don't know how to explain to you. Like, I thought you would be fine with this. Yeah. Damon says, you wanted Julian dead. I wanted to punish mom. I found a way to kill two birds with one stone. I am never going to change. Lily is never going to change, and you are never going to change. You're never going to stop straining to find one tiny speck of redemption in Lily, and she's never going to stop disappointing you. Stefan did exactly that today. He listened to her one story and found one speck of redemption. Yeah. And Stefan says, you're wrong. You don't know the whole story about this one Thanksgiving. About one time that she tried to get away and then never tried again before she abandoned you both. Uh Uh-huh. Damon says, I don't want to know the whole story. I don't want to know any more excuses or lies or anything that tells me anything other than the way I know it went down. Our mother faked her death, left her sons behind, started a new family, and went out of her way to forget us forever. That is the only story that matters, Stefan. She tossed us aside without any concern of what would happen to us. As far as I'm concerned, she deserves what she gets. It is really hard not to side with Damon here. I'm on his side 100%. Like, he did not say one wrong thing in that. Well, and this is the thing. Again, I think Lily would be a more interesting character if she was maybe manipulating Stefan to think 
the way he thinks about her. Yeah, if she was using this feeling that he is still holding on to as a way to break apart Stefan and Damon and ruin their relationship. And it would be interesting to see that working. But Damon lays it out pretty much exactly how we would lay it out, that like it doesn't really matter how that one Thanksgiving went because after it, she faked her death and abandoned us and never wanted to see us again. No matter what she does now, it doesn't make up for all that. And even if she tried to get me out one time, she still put my true love in a coma. Literally. For 60 years. So even if she actually was a good mom after all that, which she wasn't, but even if she was, I still have enough reason to kill her. Yeah, the whole Elena thing makes it enough that Damon should never forgive this woman. Sorry, like, Stefan, you should be happy he didn't pull your mom's heart out in front of you. Because that's what I would have done. Exactly. We go over to the Salvatore house. Lily is looking in the mirror, just reckoning with the day. But she's already got a look of doubt on her face. It's like, oh, that seed was planted. You can tell immediately. Miss Annie Wishing acting. She doesn't know another way. Julian says, I don't know about you, but I could use a warm bath. And Lily says, quick question. What were you doing in the woods with Lorenzo? And he says, oh, you know me. I'm never one to resist a sword fight. And she says, yeah, except my life was bound to yours. Because she she is like, wait a second. Why'd you enter a duel today? Yeah, she's like, I w- I've been pretty careful to make sure I don't die. And you're just kind of playing around. And Julian says, I'm also never one to lose. Except he literally did lose earlier. Like, the only reason he didn't lose permanently is because the Phoenix Stone wasn't in the sword. But you got bested. Yeah, even before he lost... She had a wound to open up in her neck out of nowhere. So that's kind of a loss anyway for her. Mm -hmm. Lily says, Julian, this isn't just red wine spilled down my shirt. And he says, darling, you were never in any danger. And she says, yeah, well, funny how choking on your own blood makes you feel like it. And he says, look, we were just boys being boys, fighting for your honor. If anything, it was silly. Well, until one of your rude, misbehaved sons showed up and tried to kill us both. It wasn't just silly. She already said she was scared for her life. And also, you have to be careful with what you say about her sons because she can say she hates them. But if someone else does, it's it's a dangerous game. No matter how much you think it's silly and whatever, don't be cavalier about it. She's obviously upset. Read the room. He clearly sees that as like, okay, I have to try a different manipulation tactic because clearly telling her it wasn't a big deal and gaslighting in that way isn't taking today. But he doesn't see it in time. Yeah. Because instead, Lily changes the subject first. Mm -hmm. And she says, hey, did you know Valerie was once pregnant with Stefan's child? And he says, Valerie? No, I did not. Because she had all these big words about not believing it. But she's like, "Mm, you actually don't care about me as much as I thought you did. So now this story is starting to get some legs on it. Yeah. And she's like, I might as well ask. And the thing is, If you found out this juicy morsel of gossip later, your reaction would not be, Valerie? No, I did not know that. It would be, what? It'd be like, they snuck away from me. That's crazy. I should have never let them sneak away. Because she knows you were there. It's like, Valerie, pregnant? What happened to the child? Yeah. You don't have any questions about where that baby went, Julie? Fucking amateur hour. No (laughs) follow-ups. Lily says, well, according to my sons, you did know. And when you found out, you beat her till she lost the child. And his his exact strategy is that really doesn't sound like me. Yeah, but it's (laughs) funny because he doesn't even 
quickly deny it. Because someone who got accused of this who didn't do it would be like, I would never beat someone until they lost a child. Yeah. What Julian says is, Lily, you know me. You know <laughs> and she's like, the issue is, Julian, I don't think I do. Yeah. He says, you know how deeply I care about the family we've built. I would do anything to keep us together. That doesn't bode well for the baby, the way you're talking about this. Yeah, that basically confirms... I did do that, but I did it to keep our family together. So I actually had good intentions. It's like, mm, you still killed a baby and beat a young girl. So the intent is kind of irrelevant here. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally gets around to denying it and yeah. says, I would never have done something so revolting. Like, if you were going to straight up lie, start with the lie. Just start with like, no, of course I didn't do that. If you're doing all this crazy stuff to like get around lying... And then you still lie. You should have just denied from the start. I think if you're going to lie and deny, throw Valerie under the bus more. Say, like, Valerie's a liar. Yeah, deny discredit. But then anyway, he can see that this is getting away from him, but he can't pull it back. But he tries. He says, oh, listen to me rambling on. (laughs) You know, you must have been so upset today. And here I am acting like it was nothing. So he finally goes back to, like, the sword fighting part of it. It's like, oh, you're just going to ignore the baby thing. He said, let's drop the baby thing. (laughs) (laughs) I denied that. We all agree I didn't do it. We're out of the woods on that one. Let's make you be in love with me again. He says, it would destroy me if I ever hurt you. Will you ever forgive me? And she says, of course, but Annie Wershing once again acting. I actually think this flashback we get is not necessary because I think Annie Wershing communicates that. Oh, yeah better with this moment than this scene does i get why they put it because i get that they wanted to confirm it but i think annie wishing like in that moment you see her like connect it to giuseppe yeah you can see like this is just what giuseppe did to me we don't need the exact parallel because she's acting so phenomenally yeah but we get a literal exact parallel because the writers think we're fucking idiots yeah well they need to fill time because they're running out of stuff to say this season yeah lily is icing her face from the slap earlier And Giuseppe comes in and says, I hate to see you in such pain. I was drunk and not myself. He said, I don't know who that guy who hit you was, but it wasn't me. He was a dick. (laughs) He says, the thought of losing you and my sons, it brought out a rage in me. I cannot be faulted for trying to keep my family together. Will you forgive me? And I will say, Giuseppe is less subtle than Julian. Julian does a better job at manipulation than Giuseppe. Yeah. But it is still... The will you forgive me is a clear parallel. It's the same hurt you and then apologize so profusely that you start doubting yourself. It's a classic strategy. Yes. Tale as old as time. Lily says, of course, I'll forgive you. He goes. We go back to the Salvatore house and Lily says, of course, again, she has the realization again. Annie Wershing acting her boots off. I mean. Yeah, because she is like they do a hug and she looks terrified of Julian. Yes. He says, come here, look at me. Like, I love you. I will never hurt you. And they hug and you can see she's like, oh, this guy's fucking crazy. She's like, I can't even fake that I love him anymore. She's like, oh no. Yeah, we need to kill this dude. (laughs) Said, I fear Stefan and Damon spilled today. (laughs) I fear my sons are actually good for something. Yeah, they kind of finally earn their worth. No one's more surprised than me. (laughs) We go over to a doctor's office, an ultrasound tech room. Caroline's getting an ultrasound. And the doctor says, oh, how far along are you? And Rick says, I don't know how to answer that. And the doctor says, aren't you a little old to have been impregnating her? 
Yeah. She's like, how did you two meet? And in this part, I'm like, okay, an ultrasound is more reasonable because like, you know, we can't always trust a pregnancy test. This I believe a little more, you know? Yes. The doctor says, all right, let's see what we can see. And the answer is nothing. She can't see shit. So she says, and you're certain you're pregnant. And Caroline says, actually, no. Um, What's wrong? Yeah. And the doctor says, well, I'm not seeing one baby, let alone two. And Caroline says, you're absolutely sure? The doctor says, well, twins would be hard to miss. And I'm also not hearing any heartbeats either. So I'm sorry if you were informed. Otherwise, I'll give you some time alone. And she goes. She's like, who the hell told these two they had twins? Well, yeah, because she's probably thinking like, oh, no, they lost this baby after or like they got a false positive and got their hopes up. Like, I'm going to leave them be to yeah. sort this out. Caroline says, I'm so sorry. And Rick says, no, I'm sorry. Like, I've been so desperate to believe this was actually possible. I'm just really sorry I put you through all this. Caroline says, to be honest, for a second, I believed it too. And then Valerie comes in and says, oh, I saw the doctor leave. And Caroline says, yeah, she told us you were wrong. Valerie says, are you sure about that? Valerie starts siphoning Caroline's stomach. And Caroline says, um, hello. (laughs) You can see Caroline, like, feels something and says, oh, my God. And she, like, grabs the ultrasound stick. And Rick says, I'm not sure you're qualified to use that. And Valerie says, let her. And at that point, I was like, oh, my God. These little embryos are Invisiquay. There is nothing the Gemini coven won't Invisiquay. They love that goddamn spell. This is by far my favorite use of it because I was in no way ready for this. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, they Invisiquay. They Invisiquay the fucking babies. (laughs) Valerie says, you know, it never made any sense to me. The spell pointed directly to you, but the tests came up negative. And then it hit me. I cloaked you from Bo to protect you. Alaric's babies are the future of the coven. They would have protected them in any way they could. And Rick says, uh, how is this all possible? And they look at the screen, and there are decidedly two babies on the screen. Yeah. And Valerie says, they were cloaked. And we hear their heartbeats, we see them. And at this point, the wedding probably would have been about four months ago, because a couple months pass over the summer, mm-hmm. some time has passed. It's now, what, like November, because it's Thanksgiving there? She's probably about four or five months, which means she's about to start showing. So it's unclear if like uncloaking was needed to make her start showing. She does start to feel it. It's unclear, too, if the babies got moved in their exact age, which would have been a few months along anyway. Yeah. So this could be the age they got moved over. And once it's discovered and they're uncloaked, they come out. Or if they were going to just she was going to give birth to cloaked babies. She was going to pop out some Invisiquade babies. Yeah. And be like okay, I don't know what just happened. Like, where the hell are you? Maybe there was some uncloaking that would come along, but maybe they had to be uncloaked before they could continue developing, something like that. It's hard to say, and I don't think they'll explain it, and I don't think it really matters. All that we need to know is that the babies are now uncloaked, growing in Caroline's stomach. And around the time that she'll start to show, which, you know, they have an actress who's pregnant. They're like, let's get these babies moving. (laughs) Yeah. We go over to the Lockwood house. Damon opens the door and Lily is there. And he says, did you come back to get your dish? And she says, may I come in? And she comes in. And Stefan says, what's going on? And Lily says, well, it has come to my attention that you were right. Damon says, pardon, I didn't quite hear that. Because he just has to gloat. Yeah, Lily says, you were right about Julian. I am sorry I didn't see it sooner. I've traded one monster for another, but I'm not going to let him hurt us any longer. I have a plan, and this time... We won't get caught. That brings us to the end of the episode. So the first thing I have to ask, 
What is her plan? And do you think we trust her that they won't get caught? You already implied kind of what you think is going to happen here. I'm assuming her plan is to sneak up on Julian. I do think she'll get caught. I think she will either be killed by Julian or Julian will take her with him as he's getting killed. Gotcha. But either way, you think Lily is on the green mile, as it were. I do think Lily's on her way out. And I think Julian is as well, because I'm guessing the next episode is the end to a Julian chapter, even though it would be a short chapter, but I don't really know what else he's giving at this point. Sure. This is the other thing I want to ask. Now that she's no longer like under Julian's spell and she's not into Julian, will she be more open to hooking up with Enzo? Potentially, but I think I think mostly no. Okay. Because I just think we're past that feeling. I think she might try to push it, but I think it will not live up to expectations or she'll be dead before she gets to push it. Gotcha. Now that Caroline's pregnancy has been officially, officially confirmed, do you have any expectations about what this pregnancy is going to be like for her or for the rest of her pregnant run? So I do have to bring up, this is not the first pregnancy we've seen on this show. The other pregnancy, famously, in another supernatural creature, a werewolf, and also led by a vampire werewolf hybrid, the love of Caroline's life. If I were pregnant as a supernatural being, I would love to go get some insight from someone else who was pregnant as a supernatural being. So I would love to make a trip down to New Orleans and get some information if I were Caroline. Do you think Caroline's going to go to New Orleans and pick Haley's brain and perhaps while she's there, I don't know, see Klaus? Klaus is up to something. I don't think they'll be in love, whatever. But I do think, you know, we have to draw that parallel And if there was ever time for a crossover episode, it's getting there to me. I hear that. I hear that. We don't really know much about what happened with Haley's pregnancy on the originals. Of course, you're under the impression that she had the baby, but we don't know what kind of struggles she had or or if it was like a straightforward pregnancy with no issues. What kind of advice do you think Haley would offer? I think to give advice on, you know, if there were complications of pregnancy, what happened, what it was like to be pregnant as a supernatural being because I do think she had the baby and the baby has now, you know, been around. Do you think Caroline's pregnancy will have some complications? And if so, what might they be? You know, I think there's always questions of what happens if like you're injured and there's healing. What happens with growth? Does your body work differently? We have to draw the parallel to Twilight and Bella having a baby in like two months you know, because it was a half vampire baby. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, there are questions of how that baby develops, to be sure. Mm -hmm. Or if she, like, needs more blood because babies are feeding off her food source. I don't think they'll be born as vampires. Sure. Well, here's, I mean, here's the question, because this is what we have to think about. And I'll even use Klaus and Haley as an example, because, you know, whatever. Again, we don't know a lot about what happened with that baby on the originals, whatever its name may be. But here's what I will bring up. Klaus was a hybrid, and Haley, a werewolf. These babies that are in Caroline, while she is a vampire, her DNA isn't really intrinsically linked to these babies as much as we know. These babies were the product of a human man and a pretty much human woman because she didn't even have her witch powers anymore. Mm -hmm. So what makes you think these babies are going to be supernatural? No, I think the babies are going to be human, but I think there could be effects in how they develop, how they're born, because they're in a supernatural oven, so to speak. So do you think they'll like develop supernatural tendencies somehow? If anything, I would think that they'd be witch 
adjacent just because they're Gemini babies, but I don't think they're going to like inherit supernatural tendencies from Caroline. I think it's more of how it affects Caroline going to term with a pregnancy. Okay. And that it just might heal weird or? Well, it might heal weird or like there might be some weird side effects that are not standard pregnancy side effects because she's different. Like, you know, maybe she'll crave, crave something that's blood related. Sure. Just like, I'm just saying there could be weird things that pop up and you can't really Google that. So I would go ask someone who might, who might have had similar experiences, not a hundred percent, but who like, did you have anything weird in your pregnancy that read as supernatural to you? Sure. It's two supernatural ovens of babies. So I recognize they're different, but just like there might be some information she could share. And it might not be a lot of information. It seems like a little bit of wishful thinking that you just want Klaus on this show. Yeah, it is wishful thinking. (laughs) And I can't make a wish. (laughs) And I can't think wishfully. I can't make one singular wish. I can't be optimistic. What kind of place is this? Here's what I'll say. Okay. One thing Julie Pleck knows is that people love when Klaus and Caroline are together. And do we think the critical response to this season thus far was good? That's a good point. I think she's desperate to get the audience back on her side. And that's a quick way to do it, baby. That's so true. So that's a whole nother argument. There you go. Great. Only time will tell. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.